What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It is Wednesday, it's time to take a look at the players I'd be training for this week, along with three players I'd be selling high on. First up, we've got uh, Tony Pollard. Basically have to go over him again this week. Yes, I would still be trading for him, but no, I am not as confident as I was to start the season. He's objectively getting unlucky with touchdowns this season. That is a fact that you cannot dispute. Every single player with at least 25 red zone carries has at least six touchdowns on the year besides Pollard, who has two. Even this last week, uh, he scores the touchdown, but an offensive lineman doesn't report as eligible, so they get a flag on the play. Touchdown comes off the board, doesn't end up scoring yet again. Uh, we've also finally got a close game, right? They've been a blowout every single week. We finally get a close game. It comes in the worst matchup for opposing running backs. Like nothing has gone right for Pollard this season. He's playing worse than last year, but not so much worse where he should be getting this unlucky. So I know I sound like a broken record, but he is still, he's now like a low end running back one for me rest of season, but still a running back run one. He's a running back 10 overall. Um, I think he can get things going over the next two weeks. He faces the Giants next week, the Panthers after that. Both are very plus matchups for running backs. And while both are probably going to be blowouts again, we're probably going to add two more blowouts for the Dallas Cowboys this year. Uh, there are two teams that rank top six in rushing touchdown percentage allowed. So when teams score against the Giants and the Panthers, they do so on the ground. Maybe the touchdowns can finally flow through Tony Pollard for a change. So we're not giving up everything to get him. He doesn't have as much value as he did to start the season, but running back 10 rest of season. Uh, there's definitely a ton of leagues where people who have him are completely fed up, will give him up for not very much. And so see what they want. Ask them, be like, hey, what would it take? Like, what kind of players would it take to get him? Is it going to take only a wide receiver too? In which case, you have to make a move like that. Going to take two of those. Going to take a few flex plays. Like, what is it going to take to get Tony Pollard? If they're still asking for like, oh, you know, give me a top 10 running back. Or like, you know, give me like a top seven wide receiver. We're not doing that, right? We're only doing it if the person who has them is completely aggravated and is like, no. Get him off my team. Take him from nothing. I don't want him anymore. But, you know, still a good player to go after because he's the lead back on the Cowboys. And they can definitely start to get things going on the ground. They can definitely have a lot more production. And especially in the touchdown department. He could still finish this season with double-digit touchdowns. And he only has two on the year. So there could be a lot still coming. Um, another one I could trade for is Derrick Henry. I'm not going to pretend like this is a safe trade to make. Henry's going to be 30 in January. The Titans are probably not making the playoffs, and they probably know that at this point. Uh, but if you look at their playoff schedule, it's the Texans again, right? They get a home match against the Texans in Week 15. They get a home matchup against the Seahawks in Week 16, and then at the Texans championship weekend. So he gets the number two matchup for running backs twice in the fantasy playoffs, and then sandwiched in between those two, he gets another positive matchup for running backs. If the Titans have any playoff hopes, I'm talking even like a 2% chance at making the playoffs by that time, which is definitely possible, you know, week uh, their first game of the fantasy playoffs, that game will be four weeks out from playoffs, right? So it'll be that game plus three more. There's a chance they're not completely eliminated at that point, and they still need to lean on Henry. He's got nuke potential. And if he has nuke potential in the first week of the playoffs and championship weekend, definitely a good player to go after. 
I would say this though, I'd want to acquire him with Spears. Whether Spears is on free agency, whether Spears is on another team, that same team, do a deal to get both Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears because in the off chance that they are eliminated from the playoffs and you're like, oh no, I just traded for Derrick Henry and now I get nothing because maybe they sit him, maybe they don't go to him as much. Well, the flip side of there is, well, if they sit him, they're going to Tajay Spears, in which case you'd still probably have a running back one in those weeks. And so basically this is just a move to say, you can probably lock up a running back one for probably all three weeks of the fantasy playoffs by making a trade for both of them. And that's just a good thing to do, especially with the ceiling they would have in those games. At wide receiver, uh, I keep trading for Marquise Brown. Definitely, he's coming off his worst game of the season. Always a good time to trade for a player, especially wide receiver, even if it's a volatile position. Um, but like, obviously, the bad game makes sense, right? Uh, Clayton Toon was, I think it's Toon. No, I was saying Tooney before. I think it's Toon. Um, he was their quarterback last week. They were at Cleveland. Like, obviously, Marquise Brown is going to have a bad game. Uh, Kyler's back now. Uh, Brown, if he can maintain his 27% target share and 30% red zone share, that holds with Kyler Murray at quarterback. If we see an uptick in plays, an uptick in passing play percentage, an uptick in efficiency, an uptick in touchdowns, all of that rising is going to be really, really good for Marquise Brown. He has at least seven targets in every game since week two. He has double-digit targets in four of those eight games. But even still, you're like, okay, that's awesome, right? Low, low, low receiving totals. He's been over 61 yards only once in those games. So if we can elevate the ceiling and we have this baseline of a ton of targets, but now we're adding in games where he has 100 touchdown, his value can go way up very, very quickly. So definitely want to trade for him. Uh, I definitely keep trading for Chris Olave as well. He's still 11th in expected points per game on the season, 9th over the last four weeks. So there hasn't been a change in his volume his volume has been very, very good. Top 10 volume of the last month. And yet he's still 32nd in actual points per game. He's had less than 60 receiving yards in three straight games despite 10-plus targets per game over that stretch. Uh, Olave now has 6.62 yards per target on this season. That is 37th among 42 qualified wide receivers. It's a wide receiver with at least 50 targets on the season. So 42 wide receivers have at least 50 targets this year. Only five of them have fewer yards per target than Chris Olave. And one of them is Marquise Brown. Another data point that says, hey, Marquise Brown is 41st out of 42 wide receivers in efficiency if we look at yards per target. But there's a reason to think it can go up for Marquise Brown. I think talent-wise, the talent can really show itself for Chris Olave. I think they can get on the same page soon. He's been inefficient all season. I just refuse to believe that Chris Olave and Marquise Brown will be this inefficient for the remainder of the season. So buy low on them now. Uh, my wide receiver 18 rest season is Olave. So I'd rather Olave straight up over Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel. I think he's that good of a player. Uh, and if we're looking at running backs, I would prefer Chris Olave over Andrew Williams, Brian Robinson, James Cook, even if you had to add on a player. So if you had to be like Brian Robinson plus a bench wide receiver for Olave, I would do that, even if it got up to like a low-end flex wide receiver. So someone who's on like the fringes, I would do that plus those three or one of those three, obviously, running backs for Olave. Uh, final wide receiver. 
I would go after is Devonta Adams. I think you just have to. Uh, a player of that caliber who's been this bad, you have to send an offer, at least see what it takes to get him. Uh, there was actually a trade in the 16-team subscriber league today for him. It was Adams for Aaron Jones, just to give you some sort of idea as to where some people are valuing him right now. Um, also, just kind of some confidence in that he is able to be dealt, and it doesn't come at the cost of a like top seven running back, right? People are willing to give up a running back two to get Devonta Adams. Um, he's been dreadful, obviously, and very dreadful recently. Uh, so I understand when people are, you know, fed up with him. He's got five straight games under 60 receiving yards. He hasn't scored since week two, and he has five receptions for 44 yards combined over the last two weeks. I looked back at his game logs and I was like, okay, has he ever done this? Has he ever had five straight games under 60 receiving yards? The last time he had three straight, only three straight games with less than 60 receiving yards was in 2017. Again, he has five straight right now. Here's how I'm looking at that situation. The Raiders had their chance. Trade deadline came. Uh, the Jets gave him an offer. If the Raiders really wanted to be like, you know what? We're not going to utilize him that much this season. He's an aging wide receiver we're giving a ton of money to. We know we're not making the playoffs. Let's get rid of him. Let's at least get something back. They decided not to do that. They're like, no, we're going to keep him. We're going to fire our head coach. We're going to fire our GM. To me, that doesn't mean that Adams is going off the rest of the season, but it means they value him very, very heavily. And given how frustrated he is, you cannot tell me there won't be some games moving forward. They're not going to pepper him with targets and it could have happened you know this last week but we see Daniel Jones get injured immediately and we see the run game finally get going there was no way they were going to the passing attack after that happened Daniel Jones goes down they're like there's no way the Giants are scoring any points against us this week and we're finally having a good game on the ground they had to stick to the ground game had to get Jacobs going that's gonna give them a lot of confidence moving forward and if they can you know finally do that right if they can finally open up this offense finally score some points. Uh, they can finally get the ground game looking good. And you're going to have Adams with, you know, a 30% target share, a 39% red zone share. That's going to bring out these spiked weeks for Adams. But when we look back at this production, it's like, yeah, he has this level of volume that he's getting, but they've only scored over 18 points once before last week. And even counting last week's stats, they're still 30th ahead of only the Jets and the Giants in yards per game. So we just haven't seen this offense look good at all. If firing McDaniels can finally get things going, which I honestly think it can, and this offense can turn around, they can sustain more drives, they can get into the red zone, Adams is going to have a ton of touchdowns. If they can just get into the red zone, they haven't been able to do that thus far. If they finally can start doing that, you know we're going to see you know a lot better production from Adams moving forward. All right. Let's close going over three players that I would be selling high on right now. First up, uh, Gus Edwards. I talked about it in the waiver wire video, but Keaton Mitchell looks legit. He looked very, very good this week. Uh, and, in, you know, pretty obvious that Gus Edwards is getting lucky, right? He has five touchdowns over the last two games. That is obviously unsustainable. Uh, still has his bye coming up, so you have to worry about that. He's got a tough playoff schedule. And they've already talked about using a rotation, being like whoever's hot is going to stay on the field. They'll get the production. They'll come off when they're tired. But, you know, 
if Mitchell's going to get hot at a higher rate than these other scrub backups are, then he's going to take more work from Gus. And the floor on Gus is very, very obvious. He might have a catch each week. If he doesn't score, he's getting you like five points at best. Uh, that's someone you just want to sell high on, especially with tough playoff schedule. Coming up, uh, Amari Cooper. He has four great games this year, but all of them came in top 11 matchups for wide receivers. All three playoff matchups are negative for the Browns, and he's going to face the Jets championship weekend. So if you're lucky enough to make it to the championship and you still have Amari Cooper, you know, that's by far the worst matchup for wide receivers. And it's a Thursday game. So it's probably going to be a very disgusting game. Browns and Jets that weekend. Uh, so definitely an opportunity now. Coming off a really, really good game. A little bit more hype surrounding Deshaun Watson having a good game as well. I would look to sell high on Amari Cooper there. And then Dalton Schultz. Uh, he's got the Titans, Browns, and Titans in the fantasy playoffs. Cleveland is the second worst match for tight ends. Tennessee is third worst. So he has three matchups in the fantasy playoffs that are bottom three matchups for the tight end position. That is not great. Look to sell high on him after a monster performance last week. So uh, that's my take on how the trademark is looking this week. My rest of season strength of schedule table is out for defenses. So that takes a look at, you know, every defense rest of season who has the best schedule, and then who has the best schedule in the fantasy playoffs. I'm going to create another table similar to that that looks at every position. So you can sort by running back and be like, okay, what running backs have the best matchups the rest of season, and then also which ones have the best and worst matchups in the fantasy playoffs. Again, the goal is to get that up later this week since we finally have enough data to really like trust those numbers and actually make the table that is trustworthy when you look at it. So definitely stay tuned for that. And also remember that the Start Sit video goes live on Thursday. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that one. Then my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.